Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with me, your host, Ken. I'm a retired teacher documenting my hobby journey here on the pod, finding teachable moments to share with all of you along the way. Don't forget to hit me up on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons. Hit the follow button and you can watch these episodes on the Sports Card Lessons YouTube channel. Welcome, everyone. How is everyone doing? If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, smash the like button, and definitely leave some feedback. A couple of exciting announcements. Friday, I'll be doing another joint episode with my good friend Rob at Sports Card Therapist. And Monday, I'll be dropping an interview episode with Nick Velakas. He's on Instagram at the Slab Exchange. So there's two episodes there. There's going to be a Friday with Rob, sports card therapist, and Monday with Nick, uh, the Slab Exchange. So it's a short week this week. Thanksgiving week, Thanksgiving Day. We have three football games, World Cup soccer games. Just a good excuse to get together with with family and i hope uh there's a lot of widescreen tvs out there where you're going where you could just watch all these games um and friday right big game friday 2 p.m soccer u.s versus england uh i think everybody's going to be tuned in for that even if you're not a soccer fan i think you're still going to be tuned in i think it's just going to be uh a lot of people tuned in for that uh, and I should be just about recovered from my Thanksgiving hangover by that by the time that game starts. Uh, and then Saturday, Sunday, I'm uh, I'm doing the uh, card show. I'm setting up in uh, Terrytown, New York. So it's uh, it's an action packed uh, four days for me, Thursday through Sunday. I did the last show this weekend. Uh, shout out to my man Laz at Laz NYC. Uh, congrats on another great show, brother. I mean, just unbelievable. He does it right. These shows, I, I always talking about these shows, but definitely, uh, I sing his praises, just great shows. And, and I'm definitely looking forward to next month. Um, be back at it again in New Jersey. It was great to see some people I haven't seen in a while and a huge shout out to all the listeners who stopped by to say hello Honestly, and, and I'm I say honestly, by far the best part of the day at this show and any shows when listeners stop by, say hello, talk about the podcast. I, I really appreciate you. It kind it really motivates me uh, to to just keep delivering content, right? Just to keep doing this. It's a huge motivation, uh, and and that when people, you know, when I get comments. Uh, on here too, questions, comments. I love it just because I know, I mean, I can see how many people are watching these things, but it, there's, you know, it's like one-sided, right? I'm, I'm the only guy on this side. So as I'm doing this, when somebody, when I get information from the other side, it's great, you know, from, from the other side of the screen, right? It's, it's, uh, it, it's nice to, to, to get that. And, and I appreciate, I appreciate all of you. Today's episode. The sports card hobby is alive and well. Yes, I said it. The sports card hobby is alive and well. You know, I did this show in New Jersey, slightly talked about that. 
there was a, a show at the Mohegan Sun show this weekend in Connecticut put on by Scott DeMay uh, and the Chicago Sports Spectacular out in Chicago. Um, so three shows. I was set up at one of them. So I know what New Jersey was like. And I talked to people who attended Mohegan Sun in Chicago. Uh, and I'm happy to report all three shows were very busy, lots of traffic, people being very positive about the hobby. Uh, Chicago was reporting a lot of big cash sales. And I know people are, people are talking. I hear people saying uh, at the New Jersey show, the people I talked to in Connecticut at the Connecticut show, lots of traffic, but people just window shopping, their tire kicking. I don't think so. I say price your cards well, and people will buy them. I mean, people have money. I don't know where all of a sudden people think that everyone, just because the economies took a little bit of a turn, people think everyone's broke. People have money. People are coming to the shows, uh, whether you want to believe it or not. I mean, they're coming to buy. They're coming to look to look for cards to buy. Uh, do they want good deals? Of course they do. Um, but the new collector is PC focused. I mean, they're not just showing up. And I talked about, I talked about early on in the very early, like the first five episodes, I talked about doing shows and saying the cards sell themselves, right? I don't have to be a salesman. People are just showing up and buying the cards. Um, and that's the way it was. Absolutely. That's the way it was. That's not the way it is anymore. They're showing up PC focused. What do I mean by that? They're not impulse buying. They're not showing up and looking in the case and saying, oh, wow, I, I want this card. And I'm just going to, how much is it? Okay, I'm just going to buy it. Uh, it, it. If it was even close to comps, sometimes people weren't even looking to see if it was at comps. They just expected it was at comps. Um, not anymore. They're coming with a plan. They're literally coming with a plan. I'm listening to people. I'm set up at the front door, you know, at the, at the last shows. So when people are coming in and, and I've talked about this at other shows too, I, I get these, this prime real estate at these shows. Um, and I'm listening to what people are saying, you know, when people are coming up to the table, uh, you start, I start, I talk to everybody. I start talking to people and I hear what they're saying. I came to buy this or I came to buy that or this is what I'm really looking for, whether it's a Tua card or a Hertz card or, you know, a Messi card or a Ronaldo card, whatever they're looking for. They're, they're verbalizing so they know they're coming here with a plan. It used to be they would just show up and look in the case and start asking about prices. How much for this? How much for that? You know, what do you know about this? What do you know about that? It's different now. Um they're not coming to see what they can find. They're coming with a plan. I've seen lists. I watch people pull out a list. They're looking for certain cards. And there's a ton of variations of cards. We, we can all agree to that, that these last couple of years with all this wax, there's so many variations of cards. They're coming with a list. They're coming to buy specific cards. I had great sales this weekend. I did. I mean, I, I, was, I was hoping for the best, planning for the worst but I had great sales and a number of people that came up to my cases being right there at the front door, you know, came up and looked and asked, asked, you know, a few questions maybe, but they, they a lot of people were laser focused on Tua and Hertz. And I had a few of them in my case. So they came up 
You know, is that is that the best you could do? They looked up the comps uh, and they said, I'm going to take a walk around, but I think I'll be back for that card. If you're a dealer, you've heard that a million times. You hear that 10 times at every show. I like that card. I'm going to take a walk around and maybe I'll be back. And then you never see him again, right? This show was different for me. Everyone that was focused on a few, on a number of cards that were in my case all came back. They all came the first time ever. Why? I think my I was priced better. Look, I get it. Nobody wants to sell their cards for a loss. I don't want to sell my cards for a loss, so I don't. Right? If there's cards, maybe I may sell for a loss. Maybe I will. But most I won't. And what do I do with those cards? I leave them at home. Right? And now I call them my PC. Because why am I going to bring them to a show? overprice them in my case and turn people off. They show up, they see a car they really like, and it's a thousand dollars or 800 or $500 more than, than we all know what the comp is. It's just no sense. And, and this was something new. I talked about this last week. I said, any of these cards that I'm really upside down on, and I really don't want to let go, I'm just not going to bring them. And any cards that are in my PC that I'm going to be high on, like really high on that I don't want to sell, I'm just going to leave them at home. I'm not going to bring them with me. I'm not going to distract away from what I really want to sell. And I think that's kind of what I've been doing in the past. It's distracting people seeing these cards. And even if it's distracting in a bad way to say, oh my God, dude, the comp on that card is a thousand dollars and you have it listed at 1800 or something like that. I don't want to distract in a bad way. Uh, I want to, I, I want to bring people in. I want to use cards, you know, that they say, wow, these are great cards, but they need to be at the right price. If they're not, people are not going to stand at my table. Uh, so what do I do? I leave them home. I, 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 or this past weekend, I left them home and it worked out well for me. And people who came back looking for cards were disappointed because I sold those cards. I saw people I talked to about these cards. They walked off, walked off and they came back. You still have that card. Yep. There it is. Okay. And it was, it was an easy sale. There were easy sales because they realized at the end of the day, this was the card they wanted. And I had a great price on the card. And those cards, I sold all my Hertz and all my Tua cards. I sold those for over comps. Whatever those comps were, you know, that were listed this past weekend, both those cards sold for over comps, but they were still better priced than anybody else in the room. Why? Because I just picked them up. I mean, I talked about this. Um, I made that trip to Mount Kisco uh, last week, last weekend. And making that trip made my New Jersey show successful. It did. I went down there. I was walking around. I was seeing what people were asking. Everybody was interested. How much for the Tua? How much for the Hertz? How much for the Tua? How much? So I, I knew what people were looking for and people were asking for. And then I swooped in and I made some, some deals. I made some trades. I made some deals. And, and I picked up some cards. And I had already had some Tua cards uh, and a Hertz card in my case. So I was excited about those. And I wanted to price those properly. I didn't want to you know, price them too close to comps because I figured they were, people are going to be looking at the, this card. If I bring them up, I'm willing to negotiate a little bit down, but I wanted to leave them up and I, I did negotiate slightly down, but there, it was good negotiation on both sides. Everybody was happy and excited to get the cards. Um, even the people that showed up, most people that showed up at my table. And again, I'm one of the first tables when you came through the door, I mean, I saw them pull out the phone and, you know, look around and 
they'd say, that's a really good price on that. And I'd say, thanks. And they're like, yeah, like I, I'm surprised. I thought everybody would be overpriced. And one or two of those people came back and said, you really have good prices. And I said, thanks. I appreciate it. I mean, I'm, I'm here to, I'm in business, right? This is a little business. You know, I'm not coming not to, not to sell anything. I'm here to sell things and they need to be priced well. Um, so I say again, the hobby is alive and well for those of us who are adapting. I think I'm adapting. I think I'm adapting well to the hobby. Um, I'm listening to what's going on in the hobby. I'm taking in content. I see what other people, listening to what other people have to say. I'm talking to people, you know, other dealers. I'm talking to people who've been, and, and I, and I, talk about this all the time, that information, the communication with, with people who've been in the hobby a lot longer than I have, uh, I get so much information from them and, and it helps me. It helps me to process. It helps me to think. And it helps me just to be a better dealer at a show. And really that's what it's about. I don't want to go, I don't want to go into a show with too many things going on. Right. I want to I because I enjoy going to the shows. I have fun going to the shows. I, I love talking to people. I love looking at cards. There's so many things I like about the show. So I don't want the show. I don't want too much going on with me at the show that it distracts me from all the things that I like to do. So I, I find if I price my cards well, I don't have to have negative interactions with people. Um, I have great, great interactions with people. Uh I try, I try to be the person on that, this, the, the dealer side of the table when I go just as a regular spectator to a show, um, when I'm on that side of the table, I'm the type of person I want to see, I'm the type of person I want to talk to, I'm the type of person I want to deal with, right? So when I'm doing this and I talked last week about, you know, being on the other side of the table, looking at my case, would I want to buy anything out of my case? Would I want to buy anything from me at those price? So this is this is this is the kind of thought pattern that goes on with me when I'm so, when I'm showing up to shows. Um, for me, all the work needs to be done before I ever get to the show. The only work that I should have to do when I get to the show is unload the car and load the car back car back up. That should be the only work. All my work should be done before I get there. Um, from from the pricing to to setting up my boxes and putting good signage on things, all that stuff, just all that stuff's done before I get there. So when I get there, it should be a nice, relaxing experience. Um, adapting. Who's not adapting? Uh, I I encountered a dealer uh, at the show who was upset with me. I'm a pretty nice guy. I'm so easygoing. Uh, and I usually could have, even when, you know, I, I worked in corrections, right? So I worked in an atmosphere that was very negative and I learned how, how to, you know, diffuse situations and just, you know, make people feel relaxed around me, even if they're, even if they're hostile, right? There's a lot of tactics you can do just to, to, to diffuse people, just to calm them down. Um, so in my day to day, whether I'm in my computer business, whether I'm at a show, no matter what I'm doing, if I ever caught, come across somebody who may seem hostile, I have, you know, I have my tools in my toolbox to do this stuff. 
So I came across a dealer at a show who, as a dealer, I know people look up comps at the show, but what I, what I'm, my goal is when I go to a show to know the cards of being that person who knows exactly what card I'm looking for and to know what the prices are, what the prices I use and not to show up and say, oh, I like that card. Oh, how much is that? You know, start going on my phone and looking things up. So I see a card that I'm interested in. Um, and I know the comps because I've looked at this card before. And I asked, how much for the card? And he says, make an offer. I said, well, what's your price? He said, make an offer. I said, okay, so this is what we're doing. I pull my phone out. I just want to make sure, you know, I know what the last low end comp was uh, and, you know, what some of the recent comps were on it. And, uh, you know, the comps are about 225 to 375. There's, it's a wide variety for that PSA grade. So I said, okay, I guess I'm going to start out the negotiating. I'll start at 200. He says, F you, this conversation's over. I said, what? I said, is this your negotiation style? Is this, I mean, I couldn't believe that was, we went from zero to a hundred. He said, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm done talking to you. And I said, now, wait a minute. I said, you had no price on it. You asked me to make an offer. And I said, the last three sales were, you know, and I started to tell him, he said, I don't care what that thing in your hand says. I said, all right, no problem, man. I'll see you later. I walked away. But you can't be that upset if you have no prices on the card, nor if you're willing to give a price. If you, I mean, if you're a price in your case and you're, and you, You've got something. It's like me going to the grocery store and saying, how much is the milk? And they say, ah, oh, make an offer. Well, okay, a dollar. No, you're wrong. Get out of the store. Or not. You're, you're, you're upsetting me for, for offering me that low. I mean, what is that? You can't be upset. I mean, maybe it was a long day for him. It was probably a long day for him. If he was doing this, you make me an offer. I'm not going to tell you how much it is. Make me an offer. And then if I don't like your offer, I'm going to tell you where to go. Uh, I don't know. Just, just it was disappointing. That, that interaction to me was a little disappointing, uh, in a hobby that I love and something that I love doing because I would, no matter what happened on, in my day on that end of the table, I would never treat somebody who was interested in one of my cards that way no matter what what they offered the card we would have had a discussion it wouldn't have been over before we started so price your cards <laughs> that's all i have to say either price your cards know what your prices are and people come up you give them something i don't and if it's high you know uh, my good friend rob sports card therapist he he's he's good at this he talked he said, talks about this all the time he says hey man i'm high on that card you know, I mean, if you want to, you want to negotiate, we can negotiate, but that card I'm a little high on and people are like, yeah. And I know I've said that too. I, I, you know, you don't get mad at people if they made an offer that wasn't to your liking. Uh, my singles boxes did very well. Um, uh, I know they're a lot of work cause I put the work in on the one putting the work in. Um, 
but I, it still pay, you know, you still make money. I probably did, you know, two to 300 in my singles boxes. Um, they pay for the day. They pay, you know, they pay for the table, gas, put gas in the car, you know, some food for the day. You want to pick up some, some Dunkin' Donuts on the way home or whatever you're doing. Uh, I mean, could even pay for a card or two. Uh, and in my case, take out dinner for the family on a Saturday night after the show. And they're all waiting for me to come home. Uh, you know, I'm holding up dinner. So the least I could do is say, order out. And in fact, I, 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 you know, it's, it's a guarantee. Now, if I have a show on a Saturday, we're doing takeout Saturday night. Uh, you know, one thing about those singles boxes, uh, and, and, you know, I haven't talked about in a long time. I haven't mentioned here's a lesson, right? But this is a little bit of a lesson. This is something that I stumbled on and I do it myself. And when I noticed other people doing it too, I I think I know why, because I really, I'm really thinking to myself, what, why do I do this? And I want to tell you what it is. If you show up at a, at a case and, and I said, I do this, I did this. If you show up at a case and the cards are overpriced in the case and they have singles boxes on the table. There is a very, very, very good chance there is a lot of great cards in those single boxes that that are priced very low. And I've noticed this, I noticed this before, and I never really, I never really put two and two together. But if you're if you're if your cards in your cases are overpriced. You're not selling many cards. So now you're going to put something else on your table to try to make some sales and make some money. But where, where's the thought pattern in that? The thought pattern is if I'm going to put the work in for these boxes, I want them to sell because the boxes are a lot of work. So if you're looking up comps, and I do this all the time, if I'm looking up and something is, say, three or four, an average sale of three or four dollars, right? I'll put it in the two dollar box. If something's coming in at six or seven dollars, I'll put it in the five dollar box. I don't want to be negotiating a lot with people over my singles boxes. Um, I want them to look in the box and say, oh, I don't need to negotiate because this is a good price and it's income coming in at the very least it'll pay for the day, right? You're not going to get rich on it, but it will pay for the day. And I, and I think that's the thought pattern. And I did that for a while. It shows I would price a lot of my cards high. Um, but then I would make these singles boxes and price those cards low and I would feel that the car, the shows were successful because I was making a lot of money, but I was selling these singles cards um, at good prices. So the next time you're at a show and you walk up to a case and you see a lot of the prices on the cards that are high, if there's a singles box, I would go through it. If, if that is your thing, if singles boxes, if singles, finding singles cards are your thing. 
this weekend, um, I had a lot of rookie cards um, from 2020, 2021, uh, a whole, literally a whole three row box of draft picks, rookie card, all nothing but rookie cards and the draft picks. And then the regular rookie cards in, in a lot of the football from this year, from this year, some of 2020, but mostly 2021, just a lot of rookie cards in there. Um, and I priced them all at $2. And I told people that showed up and we start looking in the box. I said, there's, a, there's, if you, if you, are looking for good value on singles. There's great value in those, in those boxes. Cause I'm not doing anything with those cards, right? I'm not keeping those cards. I'm not grading those cards. I'm just putting them in penny sleeves and I'm dropping them in a box. I don't need, I mean, some of them should be more than others, right? A quarterback should be more than a, a wide receiver, right? If you believe that, um, and a wide receiver should be more than a defensive player or a running back or something like that. But write down $2, everybody from, from no matter what you are, if you're a rookie card from a quarterback to a lineman to, you know, a defensive back to a running back to a wide receiver, whatever you are, there's even some coach cards in there too. I think um, $2 for everything. And I do very well on that. Uh, and, and I, I, I'm able to find cards locally. I'm able to find a lot of those singles locally uh, that I'm not paying a whole lot for. So it's fine for me that I can fill up these boxes with these $2 cards and put that work in because other people, and I tell people exactly, they're like, oh, well, this card is $4. This card is $5. I said, I can only get $2. I can only give you $1. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And then if we're going through this whole box of this, I'm not even going to give you a dollar for every card in there. I'll just pay you so much for this whole row or, or whatever. Um, because nobody wants to go through that. And I have to put the work in on top of it. You know, you're, it, it, it's worth that much. You're absolutely right. You're telling me it's worth that much, but you have to go sell it somewhere. You have to go to a show. You have to put it on eBay. You have to ship it to somebody. You have to do all these things. Hey, I'm just giving you straight money and you can give me the cards and you know, everyone's happy. And, and that's basically how it works. Um, so the next time you're at a show, if, if you're into singles cards and you notice that, you know, somebody's got, you know, cards that are overpriced in their case. Try my theory out, look in their box and see, see what kind of value you can find, uh, in, in, in those singles boxes. Upcoming shows this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, Westchester show in Terrytown, New York. I will be solo this weekend. Rob, uh, sports car therapist won't be setting up. Um, I'll be out there holding it down myself. Uh, I'll be setting up there with, uh, my guy, John from behind the diamond. Uh, he'll be set up out there too. So definitely looking forward to that show. Looking forward to another great show. I'm looking forward to a show with a lot of traffic. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean this week being a short week, I only have two days to put two or three days to put the work in. Cause I've got so many other things going on this weekend with the holiday and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I should be ready and, uh, should be fun. Uh, then another last show next month, Garden State Card Show, Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Uh, that's December 10th. And the Big Apple Trading Card Show at the New Yorker Hotel in New York City. And that is Sunday, December 18th. Uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, enjoy the holidays. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy getting together with uh with all your relatives and close friends, uh, it should be, uh, if you're into sports, it'll be a great weekend.
And if you're in the uh, New York New York area, definitely come down. If you come to the uh, card show this weekend in uh, Terrytown, come find me. Say hello. Let's talk some cards. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you.